Oh, hey, welcome to A Little Juju Podcast, the podcast all about black as spirituality, honoring the ancestors, honoring ourselves, and decolonizing our spiritual practices on our path to freedom. I am your host, Juju, and I come to this podcast from my experience as a medium, a hoodoo practitioner, an Orisha devotee, and all-around theologian. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you always listen, hey boo, what's up? Let's get into the show. Let's drop this intro. Intro. Child, I'm drinking wine. Let's just get into it. (laughs) All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Confirm no say. And I'll never give a play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make a Manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah So I can't be stopped Manifested everything gives me props I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the Okay, this might sound weird, but did the intro sound slower to anyone else? Like, as I'm editing this It, it, it sounds like the intro is chopped and screwed <laughs> Like not, it's not significant, but like I actually am one of those people that feel like I have an ear and it sounds different. I don't know. Maybe I could be tripping, but if you hear it too, if it sounds a little slower, I just, just message me or something and be like, yeah, it did sound a little slower than it normally does. I don't know. I could be tripping. Anyway, welcome to the show. (laughs) I appreciate y'all for stopping by and tuning in. I'm very excited for the episode today because we are back with another interview episode and we are interviewing none other than Nefer from the Hood Botanica, which interestingly enough, a lot of people who have been put onto me were put onto me through Nefer. And so I'm excited to put people who aren't familiar with Nefer onto Nefer. So we're just doing this beautiful exchange thing. Um, So I can't wait to get into that episode. Of course, we're going to talk about donations and stuff. And we're going to talk about, you know, I have, you know, I like to start off with a little reflections around my week or just messages that have been on my heart from spirit. And then once we do that, we're going to get right into the show. And it's a it's a great interview. So I'm very I'm very excited to share this with you all today. So a lot has been on my mind and spirit this week. This has been a very, very busy week for me. A lot of the reason because I'm preparing to go to LA. Um, I leave, when y'all hear this, I won't be in LA yet, but I'll be going very soon when this episode comes out. And um, for those who don't know, I was nominated for Best Spirituality and Religion Podcast of 2019 for iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. So I'm going to LA to go to the award ceremony, um, which is happening on Friday. So I'm looking forward to that. And... um, You know, I've said this before on my lives and everything. I feel like I've already won. I'm really not going to to win or to be on stage. And interestingly enough, I got an email that they were saying that, you know, in certain award shows, 
everyone doesn't get awarded at that time. They certain categories get left out, certain categories are a part of the show. So, of course, they would leave out religion and spirituality. Psst, who cares about that? You know, who cares about who wins that? Who cares about hearing some spiritual person get on stage and thank God, you know? <laughs> so, that part is actually cut out. So, whoever whoever wins that, you know, that person won't even be on stage. We'll figure out who won that category, the category that I'm in at the end of the show, actually. So I'm really just going because I love to dress up. I love to have fun and I am just celebrating myself. I'm just celebrating the accomplishment of being able to be in the space. I feel very humbled and very honored that my, you know, little independent podcast show got nominated for something. So I'm just feeling very blessed and just excited to get go to LA and be warm for a few days in the middle of my January. So that's that. But it's just been a lot of energy and time to prepare and oh, I got to get this. I got to make sure my outfits are together. I need to pack. I got to, you know, get my hair done. How do I want to wear my hair? All of the things that really excite me because I am an aesthetic queen. (laughs) I love a good aesthetic. My spirits love aesthetics. We love a look. So that's part of why I've been just so busy and also still having to do my regular spiritual work, still taking care of clients and still trying to take care of my damn self. Um, Outside of that, what I've been thinking about that I wanted to share today, so many different things. I didn't actually know which way I wanted to go because I'm like, oh, there's so many things I want to talk about. I've been thinking about hexing. And how I feel about hexing and hexes and paying people to hex. And should you hex, should you not? For those who don't know, hexing is a form of cursing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you may have heard of that. It's a way to disrupt someone's reality, to make them pay. You know, and in hoodoo and in different African traditional religions, of course, we don't move grounded via hexing you know that's not our first go-to necessarily but it is a way to protect yourself and it is a way to not turn the other cheek and especially for many of us who are a part of vulnerable classes um who don't always have the the state on our side you know not being able to trust the police in many most cases uh, and just not being able to trust those around us how are we going to get are just do how do we put take justice into our hands and so hexing is a way to do that is one way it's not the only way it is one way to do that so i've been thinking a lot about that and all the ways that i've been tried recently but like do i need to so i actually think that that should probably be an episode so i'm not going to get too into that i just wanted to like name i've been thinking about hexing (laughs) i've been thinking about hexing um in the, in the same vein, though, what I think is important for me to share is this idea that, and not even idea, just this concept that things aren't always going to go the way that we want. And of course, that's basic. That's a basic idea. I'm not dropping no gems saying that. We already know that. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in the things that aren't going well. First of all, we forget about all the things that are going well, but then our life becomes this cycle of, it's always something, it's always something, da, 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 da. And this like energy of just complain, complain, beat ourselves up, beat up the people around us, 
not being able to find joy, almost not even wanting to find joy because we're consistently just like, well, nothing works out for me anyway. And just doing that whole thing and, and getting into the, you know, nothing ever going to work out for me. Well, let me, let me be clear. Shit probably ain't always going to work out for you. That's really the T. The T is that, the T is that there's always going to be something messed up. And I've said this in the podcast before, but it keeps replaying in my mind because today I had some fuck shit happen. It wasn't really that serious, but I keep getting tickets. (laughs) I keep getting tickets and then I pay off my ticket and then another ticket comes and then I didn't pay off enough. It's like the city is always just trying to take money. Just for any old thing, things that are silly and simple. And today I got really upset and worked up because I'm like, I really can't keep paying all of this stuff. I'm not doing anything. It's just just simple things that the city just tacks on that you have to keep paying for. And so I got something in the mail today and it really took me out of my zone. It really took me out of my good mood in my zone. And then I started to get all, it's always something. I'm so sick of this. And now I started to feel sick. I just started to get really irritated over getting that bill over getting that ticket and then I was like you know what why am I tripping over this either I'm gonna pay it or I'm not either I'm gonna do something about it right now can I do something about it right now or or I'm gonna put it off and do something about it later I can't continue and we can't continue to just get so worked up about everything That is exactly what all of these systems want us to do and feel. They want us to feel like we're not enough. They want us to feel like we don't have enough. They want us to feel like we're not worthy. They want us to feel like we will never have enough resources. They want us to feel like we're not um, capable. They want us to not be confident. And at the end of the day, they want us to be unhappy. We do not live in a society that actually supports our happiness and supports our healing and health. The only people that can support that and do that and think about that and work towards that is us. So I'm not, and I'm making a decision to not allow these systems to get the best of me to the point where it makes me want to just completely off myself from this, this land and from this earth. And I've been there and I know a lot of people are there and I don't want to see, and I, I just, I just refuse. And again, what it, is important to remember is that there's always going to be some bullshit every single day. <laughs> you know, we live in this, this world where we have this like weird perfectionist, you know, we have this faux perfectionism, even within spirituality, we have this faux positivity movement where we always just have to be happy and positive and everything is always going to work out. We're always going to be able to manifest what we want. And we're always going to have just the amount of the amount of money we need. And we're all, we're not actually, <laughs> that's the gag. We're, we're not, that's not real. That's not even that. I don't know a human that would have a life like that. Things are not always going to work out. That's the balance that we have to find with living in this world living on the earth. And even though everything's not always going to be good, there's still going to be good things that happen. There's still going to be successes. There's still going to be surprises. There's still going to be things that we run into that we didn't expect that make us feel good. You know, the sun might hit our face really good and we get a nice selfie, or maybe we walked into a sale, or maybe we got a call from a friend today that we didn't expect. 
all of those beautiful things are happening at the same time that we get tickets and at the same time we forgot to get something from the store at the same time the car breaks down all those things are happening at once when we get too focused on focusing on one aspect of that we take away from our own humanity we take away from our own experiences we take away from the joys and lessons that we have um, that we we are able to learn or not supposed to learn just because we came here and chose to be human beings so my offering today is is to allow yourself to be human, allow yourself to enjoy the joys of life and also allow yourself to be upset, but don't rest too much in either of those because both of them are fleeting. Both of those are fleeting experiences. Everything could be going well, then some bullshit happens and then, you, you know, then your day is ruined, I guess. Or a whole bunch of bad things happen. And then some good happens and then your day is made. Like that's just the cycle. That's the balance. That's the, that's the equilibrium. Allow yourself to be human and experience both. That that's, 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 that's all I have. That's what I've been thinking about. Just choosing to just the choice you know, making the intentional choice to not beat myself up or get too down and to also not get too lost in, oh my God, everything's perfect right now. Everything is so good. Everything is, I, I love everything. Nothing is wrong. Some always going to be wrong, baby. And some always going to be right. That's the lesson. So, um, let's get into these donations. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. So a little Juju podcast is written, hosted, edited, and crafted by me, Juju. And this process is a labor of love and healing, but labor nonetheless, because podcasting ain't free. It takes time, resources, money, and energy to produce this show for you uh, bi-weekly, which is why donations are so important. There are a few ways to donate to the show, both monetarily and non-monetarily. So the first way I'll mention is monetarily, and you can do that through Patreon, which allows you to contribute to the show monthly. So on the first of the month, Patreon automatically takes out whatever you choose to donate, ranging from $1 to really as many dollars as you like. And based on the level of donation is the level of content you'll receive from me via Patreon, including exclusive deals, discounts, videos, and even some of my eBooks. And if that's too committal for you, feel free to drop a coin in the Cash App or the Venmo at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. It's Jujubay. Or you can hit me up on the PayPal at thejujubay at gmail.com. And before I get into the non-monetary ways to donate, let me shout out this week's patrons. Okay, so huge shout out to my new patrons. Um, Kristen Smith, thank you so much. Uh, Bali edited their pledge. Thank you so much, Bali. Conjure Chronicles, uh, Devorah Yisrael. Thank you for becoming a patron. We have uh, Joy Gilliam. Shout out to Cree Lennox. Thank you. Shout out to Pia, Jeanette Lancian, Lindsay Elodie. Thank you. Thank you to Goddess Legend Greenery for upping your pledge. Thank you, Bree Martin, for also upping your pledge. Amber, thank you for editing your pledge. LaVon, hey, boo. LaVon, go be in the podcast. Thank you for upping your pledge. Shout out to Nautica Johnson for becoming a patron. Nazia Carter. Ya Aniniwa Nef this. Ya Aniniwa 
Nephthys. Thank you so much. I hope I did not butcher your name too much. I appreciate you. Um, shout out to Jasmine Latrice for changing your pledge. Shout out to people who still remain patrons, but like, you know what? Maybe that's a little too much. I can't get at right now, but I still want to give. So thank you so much. Jalisa, thank you for pledging. Desiree Woodson, Rose Glade, Gangsta Gurry. Hey, boo. Thank you for becoming a patron. Katrina R., Hannah Johnson, Echo Jones, You're Not Privy, Jasmine Williams, Lakeisha Blackbird Butts, Christina Smith, um, and Whitney Holiday. Thank you all so, so much for exchanging the energy of money with me. It matters so much. And I am sharing that energy of wealth right back with you. I appreciate you. And I pray that you are able to manifest all that it is that you need financially and that you have the resources to be able to creates do be purchase experience whatever it is that you want um and so i'm sending my blessings uh that you're able to do that um as long as you're sending those blessings to me so let's just share this energy of wealth and abundance with each other so thank you thank you thank you thank you i do not take sharing the resources of money lightly honey so all donations are welcome and if you would like to be shouted out as a patron too just come on down patreon.com slash jujubay and and donate and let's get these resources flowing, I say. And for the non-monetary ways to support the show, just shout us out. Hashtag ALJPod at a little juju podcast on Instagram at it's juju bay. Let people know what you are listening to. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can uh, rate five stars and comment. If you can subscribe on whatever platform you're using, this helps the algorithm. This helps uh, let people know what you are listening to. And what I always say, this helps spread the good juju gospel. So I appreciate all of you who consistently are always tagging and shouting out and tweeting and all of that and letting people know what you're listening to because it matters it matters so much to me so thank you to all of you who contribute to the show in whatever way that you decide to it is deeply appreciated now let's get back into this show thanks y'all so without further ado i think we should just get right into the show as i said in the beginning we are interviewing um nefer from the hood botanica today she is she identifies as a sukiya which she'll tell us what that means in the episode and she has been such a good um sister friend ally you know in the spiritual community as one of the people who you know we are trying to figure out how to do this work that happens so much in person. And a lot of it, you know, is important to create physical community. But, you know, Nefer is someone who is, is figuring out and facilitating spaces for us to be able to learn um, through online, through media, through social media. And it's really amazing because we haven't done it like this before. We have access, you know, to so many people in a way that our ancestors and even our elders before us did not have access and are able to touch lives in a way that they couldn't before and teach in a way that they couldn't before. So Nefer is one of those people that really, I think keeps us and keeps me like up to date for lack of a better word, but like on our toes around getting very creative that we can still do this work and we have power. You know, we're actually tapping into a spiritual power by being able to tap into technology. So she's amazing. She's great. She's wonderful. And she's real. So I'm very excited to have her on the show today. Sit back, relax. And we're going to get into this wonderful interview with my boo, Nefer from The Hood Botanica. 
Hey, Nefer. Hey, <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you doing, baby? I'm good. Um, for the listeners, you know, we had we was having a little technical issue, but now we I feel like we are grounded. This is going to be this is going to be good. We're going to yes. say what we need to say. Y'all going to hear and get all the good juicy juju from Nefer. And yes. I'm really excited for Yes, we, we're going to be good. Um, as I was saying before, but I'll repeat, um, I'm really thankful for you for taking the time out, out of your busy schedule to be on the show. And thank you for also just being a sister to me, you know, in these spiritual streets, you know, and I'm so happy that we have been able to connect. I really am uh, on social media and just learning from each other. It's been beautiful. So I just wanted to say that out loud and publicly that I really appreciate you and yeah, all you've done for the community. Thank you so much. And likewise, like I've said before, like your podcast is the light. You know what I'm saying? I often, <laughs> listen, I often work to your podcast. Like I charge my my products to your podcast oftentimes because sometimes with music and stuff, I like getting into music. Mm-hmm. music but sometimes is the, the vibration is off or whatever and i'll literally play your podcast as i'm bottling mm-hmm. oil or doing any type of work uh for for my clientele because i know that the, i know that the intention is pure you know so thank you mm-hmm. oh thank you i appreciate that mm. okay <sighs> let me ground all right so uh the first thing i like to normally ask my guests is just you know, who is Nefra? Who are you? You know, how do you identify uh, yourself as a spiritualist or as a healer or as whatever? You know, what 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 do you how do you want to claim who you are today on the show? Yes, thank you. Well, my name is Nefer, and I'm the creator and owner of the Hood Botanica platform. Um, and I identify as a Sukya and what a Sukya is, is an herbal healer from the an indigenous herbal healer from the area where my family is from. So I was born in Panama. So the Central America, West Indian kind of area, that's, mm-hmm. that's where Sukhias are from. And that's where, where they practice their, their healing. So that's what I identify as first and foremost. And then after that, I just black girl magic, I guess you could say, I mean, <laughs> yes. as we've discussed before, I've lived many different types of lives, but, um, I guess I would say I'm new to being like a, a spiritualist, like out in the open. I don't know if I'm even comfortable. Like when people are like, Oh, spiritual practitioner, I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But that's why I also because I feel like it's part of a deeper mission also. And it's not just yeah. social media. Right. Right. Um, and I definitely want to get into that uh, later and talking about do, being on social media and also doing spirit work and also, you know, doing healing work and how those things overlap, how it can okay. be wonderful, and how it can be difficult, too. I do want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you say that you are like the owner and creator of The Hood Botanica, what is The Hood Botanica? The Hood Botanica is a platform where we, I'm going to give you the spiel real quick. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, spiel. the Hood Botanica is a platform where we discuss topics of African spirituality. We get into spirituality from a melanated perspective. So Basically, um, what I say is like, I don't really focus specifically on hoodoo or voodoo or, or Ifa or, or Kemet, or I'm, I want to go over all of it. And I look, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it from, um, an, an anthropological standpoint, from, from looking at history looking at this, mm-hmm. these are the indigenous practices of our ancestry everywhere and understanding. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know people go laugh, but I say overstanding and understanding, and I mean it, overstanding mm-hmm. and understanding that all of these things are ours and they're not inherently evil just because the people practicing them were black or are black. Mm-hmm. That's my mission with the Hood Botanica. And I feel like mm-hmm. I've been saying that a lot more often because I feel like 
when you're a, I guess a black spiritualist on social media, you kind of get put into a box of just like, oh, okay, you do hoodoo specifically, only that. And I feel right. like my mission is to to educate and open up our minds to understand that it's all ours, all of it is ours. Yeah. Um, and I'm not on the hood botanica. I say all the time, I'm not telling you who to pray to, who to worship, who to buy. I'm that's not what I'm here for. I just don't want you to look at these practices and go, whoa. What's that just because of the color of the skin of the people doing it? Like you say, right. colonizing our spirituality. Mm-hmm. Right. And and even when you think about it, too, like, you know, as individuals and, and black folks of the diaspora, we are we contain the bloodlines of many different groups, many yeah. different ethnicities, many different black folks, many different who are practicing Ifa and hoodoo and also we're Sukhyas and also, yeah. so like we actually have access to all of mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. do ourselves a disservice when mm-hmm. we don't actually study and look into all of those practices because it, all of it is running through our blood. So I'm so glad that you, you said that because mm-hmm. um, that's super important. A hundred percent. I see, I feel like just in general, it's, it, we focus different pages in general focus. You see, you know, you have the people that are focused on Kemet, which, you know, we need it. The people that are focused on Ifa, which we need it. All of it is me. Mm-hmm. I like to look at it from all of the perspective um, because what I found, and I think is just law of attraction tease. I was raised Southern Baptist. I went to Christian school all my life. Everybody on my dad's side of the family is a Methodist priest. Every man besides him is a Methodist priest. So I feel like, I attract people coming from the church, coming from um, mm-hmm. Abrahamic faith. So mm-hmm. I realized that people people were scared. People were worried they was going to burn in hell. People were scared yep. that that their ancestors weren't going to talk to them because their ancestors practiced an Abrahamic faith. So like I said, my mission on the Hood Botanica is to just really drop that veil and just understand even just from a people standpoint the, this is this is what our ancestors did in their daily lives so respecting right. them um means respecting these practices even if you don't want to practice them yep mm. now that is super important i mean even beyond like well maybe someone not feeling comfortable yet or just not feeling called to at the moment mm-hmm. practicing a specific specific african traditional religion the point is that your ancestors practiced this. Mm-hmm. Your ancestors were beautiful and genius black people. Mm-hmm. And so that there is a level of respect that just has to come because that's how you're here. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's how we've been able to Period. live. The reason you're here this. is because of those pr- the practices that they put through their lives so that you could move forward. So I could have said it the other day on Twitter. I could never disrespect it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yep. Okay. And then also just for clarity for folks. So you, um, the Hood Botanica is an online platform. So you sell a lot of products, which I want you to talk about, but also like you have conversations on Twitter and also you go live a lot on Instagram, uh, which I want to plug later, but just having so many varying discussions on varying amounts of topics. And so all of that sort of is what you would say would encompass the Hood Botanica. Yes, definitely. Um, what started mm-hmm. the, the physical version, which are the products of the Hood Botanica were when I did start stepping into African spirituality spirituality and learning about different things. One of the first books that was gifted to me was Jambalaya by Louisa Tish. Mm-hmm. And I love that book and always recommend that book. And the craziest thing is today is my aunt's birthday. And I asked her to send me a picture of her grandmother and her name is Louisa. So, wow. um, I mean, that was like a confirmation to me today that I probably need to pick the book up and kind of run through it. But anyway, mm-hmm. 
quick side note, but when I was, as I was going through the book, like I, I wanted an Ilegua candle. That, that was my thing. Like I was just like, okay, this, this entity seems like this is the gateway. This is what's going to get me started. Um, so I live in South Central and I spent a bit, about a weekend going to different botanicas trying to find an Ilegua candle. And either they didn't have the candle. When I walked in, they looked at me like I didn't belong there or they spoke to mm. me in Spanish, which is no tea, no shade. I'm Panamanian. So when I spoke to them back in Spanish, they look at me and now it's an interview of why I speak Spanish because Look. for some reason black people can't speak Spanish. Okay. Right. So then <laughs> I had to go through all of that. And when I finally found the Allegra candle, the, the botanica that it was in, I, the first Allegra candle I picked up had a dead fly in it. Ooh. So I was like, I, I spent the mm. whole weekend saying, I, I need a hood botanica, yo. I need a hood <laughs> botanica. I want to go into a botanica and see a girl that looked like me with gold teeth and a turban on and say, what you need, sis? I need a hood right. botanica. And by the third day that I was looking, something said, check to see if the domain is available. <laughs> mm. Check to see if the Instagram is available. And it was. So I was like, all right, boom. <laughs> We're going to create a hood wow. botanica because I'm tired of these people looking at me crazy when I walk into, when I walk into their shop when what you're doing is ours. Mm. Okay. Woo! Child. I mean, I was just about to ask, you know, what made you come up with the name of the Hood Botanica, but you you just said it. Like, you needed something to represent us, to that's represent you. That's literally what I'm like. I'm in South Central for Pete's sake, bro. Why right. the Hood Botanica? Where it's at? And right. I said, by the third day, I was like, huh. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And you've done so much with the platform. And you are, you. my listeners, I know a lot of people who are listening are already stands of Nefer, but like this, this is a medicine woman. <laughs> okay. Like this, <laughs> like with the, the herbs and the products and the candles and the, this is a medicine woman. This is a sukia right Thank here. You. Okay. Thank so, you. Um, I just had to, I just had to big up you really Thank quick you. because you I'm I'm grateful for the platform and it's something that is so so needed thank you so, thank so much you. I was just tired of people um, like yelling I feel like in, in some of these discussions like it's it's more of a teaching you what you can't do within what I'm doing versus like, mm. let's just let's just let's just ask some questions and talk about I just want to talk about it that's all right <laughs> right and so when did you start the Hood Botanica? I what year was that? Botanica and I created the page in like October of 2018 Okay. Mm-hmm. So and, and so, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say a little over, um, a little over a year. Okay. Wow, that's amazing, child. When you step into your purpose, <laughs> you've been blessed. Cause that's the T. Cause like I told you, I had a whole another life before this. I was a fashion stylist. I was working for myself and everything. And it's just when spirit leads you. Um, and it could be some of the little like imposter syndrome vibe, but that's why I say like the whole yeah. spiritual practitioner thing, even though I've, I've been doing this in different facets of my life. Um, you know, it's, it's new to me. I, I was doing a whole nother thing completely. Right. And it was birthed through my need for these things that the hood botanical was born and then I realized it can't be just me it can't be just me that feels this way um there must be other people and clearly they are wow that is um I mean a fast to go from a fashion stylist to feeling the call in a pool to starting a whole platform that has I know has you have changed people you know you have educated so many people it's just amazing when you step into the call Mm -hmm. what can happen and what is possible so I mean before that I mean you know you said that you you know you were doing something completely different that wasn't maybe not necessarily rooted in spirit in the same way that it is now so was the beginning of the Hood Botanica platform sort of your start and like when did you 
feel or like connected to like, oh, there's something else. Or, oh, there's ancestors. Or, oh, like what, what kind of, what did that look like? When was that? When did that happen? Well, I will say I always like going in. My family, even though they're very religious, they're very spiritual. So I'm like, you know, I got the mama that 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 see our dead aunts and stuff like that. Um, you know, super super Christian, but (laughs) I make the joke. She, she's little sister, but she has those (laughs) visions and things like that. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a little sister, (laughs) little sister. Okay, but she, we still have that that connection and stuff like that. Yes. I would say um, being being raised in the church after I left high school and co- in college, I got in a car accident. And through that car accident, I found yoga as a healing modality for physical healing modality. And that was I would mm-hmm. that's my first like real uh, segue into spirituality, I would say. And then in 2014, my paternal grandmother transitioned. So that was like the first person in my life that was like, okay, I know you, I, I hang out with you. This is my OT yeah. that had transitioned. So it was very, very, very devastating for me. Um, after I came back from her funeral, it was, I was like out of commission for like six months. I literally like broke my, my phone broke and I didn't talk to anybody. Didn't have a phone. I was, I was gone, but that led me through I'm like, there has to be something. I still feel her love. So there has to be something else. And um, when she transitioned, we, me, my family and I went down to Panama, of course, right away for the funeral. And the day before her funeral, we were, my dad was, we were in her office and my dad was editing, was writing her obituary and I was helping him edit it. And at that point, like I wanted to astral project to Mars. Like this was the worst. And it's so funny. I, I At the time, to me, it was the worst moment in my life. Now I realize that it was the best moment of my life because as I'm trying to be anywhere else, but there I'm looking through her library, through her books. And there was a bunch of encyclopedias and there was this really small, thin book. And I pulled it out. It was tattered up typewritten. And it, the, basically the cover said the history of how the first black people came to Panama. And it was written Mm -hmm. by my great grandfather and edited by my great grandmother. And as I'm reading through, I'm looking at all these stories that I had never heard before. And um, as I'm about to tell my family that's right there in the room with me, something says, "Mm, not yet, sis. So I took that, I took the book and I would read it at night, like throughout the week while we were there, I'd read it at night by myself and get, get these stories. And eventually I gave them to my family and it, they, I found out that no one in my family knew that the book had existed. Not my aunts, not my uncles, not my dad, not my great uncles. None of them knew that it had been written and my grandfather, my grandmother had edited it. So, uh, they had planned to actually donate her library to the university of Panama, where she taught as an English professor. And through finding that book, they went through other things in her library they ended up adding to the book and the book is now published and something that you can get online or you can get locally if you're in Panama. And the proceeds of that book go towards a scholarship fund that sends indigenous children and other children from Bocas del Toro, which is the island where my family is from, to college. So they've sent over like 1,500 students to college and secondary school through that fund. So all of that, just that transition that happened that I thought that moment that was the worst part of my life ended up being my introduction to ancestral reverence, um, getting those nudges from the ancestors and exploring more about my ancestry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is so, 
That is so just amazing. And just like what happens when we just allow spirit to just move us and maybe we aren't able to explain it fully in the moment or mm-hmm. in the moment, maybe it feels like something that was deeply traumatic. It was deeply traumatic, mm-hmm. you know, having lost your grandmother. But in that, like your people was like, hold on, baby, well, we got a plan with this. Like mm-hmm. you're going to go, you're going to look at this book. You're going to read through it. Eventually you're going to tell your family. Mm-hmm. Now a whole, you know, more students have been able to go to college and more information has been able to come out around your, your lineage. And I mean, it's just wild. It's just wild how these things happen. It's it's almost like they broke my heart so I could open it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm getting teared up. I'm getting choked up child. Mm -hmm. Cause that's my OG. I'm an OG, you know, and since then yeah. other, other ancestors have transitioned and I do feel like this walk has helped me deal with it. Um, on, on a way de- on a way better level just just you know I still have my moments I still have my days of course when I miss them but I yeah. in my head it's just like the the love is still there I they're they're mm-hmm. supposedly gone and I still feel the love so there has to be something else and that was my right. biggest uh that was the biggest question in my head that led me towards this path I can still feel the love so they're not mm. gone, period <sighs> and um Mm, I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling it. Um, mm, okay. So when you, you were saying this earlier, um, but you kind of came across the language of Sukhya actually from your great grandfather's book. Is that right? Right. Yes. Okay. And so even though he was a minister, a Methodist minister, a Methodist preacher, yes. A Methodist pre- preacher, there was still some, also like this indigenous, um, there was still this presence mm-hmm. like of indigenous medicine, even through something that maybe someone would read as a Christian text right. or like from a Christian person. And I think that's also really important to, and wanting you to speak more about, because sometimes people will be like, well, my family was Christian, so we don't got no ATR. We don't have any, you know, indigenous medicine. It's like, yes, you do. <laughs> we all do. Right. Definitely. Um, um, yeah. My great grandfather was born on Bocas del Toro, but he left after, uh, you know, throughout his childhood doing and throughout his ministry. He was in Jamaica for a while and things like that. So when he came back to Bocas, he was basically bringing Christianity to the indigenous people there. So I have uh, his book right here. If I could read y'all an excerpt. Yeah, please. So it says the Sukhyas are descended either from the ruling families or from someone born with an innate wisdom that is out of the ordinary. A Sukhya is generally very astute and he knows the secret virtues of weeds and plants which have been handed down through him from his ancestors. He knows how to use colored stones and mud impregnated with radium. The art of poisons Mm. and their usage, he has mastered to a fine point. He says, on one occasion, as I was reading, a messenger came from Asukia to tell me to come at once to cure Armstrong, who had been bitten by a snake. Armstrong, now a local preacher, went to Asukia. I thought that was very interesting, but that's the first place he went, but okay. Yeah. The snake had bitten him on his hand. The Sukia wanted to know, I uh, know, the Sukia wanted to show that his gospel man was worth nothing when he needed him the most. When I arrived at the hut, I saw the Sukia with a few of his cronies around him. He said, snake bite him, cure him. He moved aside to watch what I would do. Of course, I was stumped. Cure him, he insisted. He knew that I had no cure to offer, so he got to work. He split open the wound into an X shape, poured some gunpowder, and blasted it. Then he split the belly of the snake open, carefully took out the gallbladder, and gave it to Armstrong to swallow without it touching his teeth. Then he went Mm. and collected a bush that had the color and spots of that kind of snake, 
made a brew and gave it to Armstrong to drink. So that was it. The Sukiya had licked me. He literally is like, the Sukiya beat me basically right there. <laughs> so throughout these stories in, um, as he's ministering to the indigenous people, he talks, he, he reveres their, their practice. And he talks about different places where, um, you know, he can tell that he's being invasive. He can tell that, that his message isn't being received, things like that. And I thought it was mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, and and I mean I have to read the book in parts because I get emotional, but I still haven't read the whole thing. But that that stuck out to me, and I read that a few years later after my grandmother passed away, and it just it was right as or right before I don't remember exactly when. I think it was right before I started the Hood Botanica that I saw that excerpt, and I was like, this this is this is this is me. Right. That is some powerful, powerful stuff. I mean, I know you know that, but I'm just like amazed <laughs> every time I hear that. Me. It still amazes me because it's it's so interesting. I, you know, he's a Methodist preacher, but in everything that I do, I feel like I'm reflecting. I feel his smile, you know, even hood Bible study. Yep. When we do hood Bible study, like my great grandfather, Trent, at, through his work with these missionaries, he translated the Bible into their language. So mm. this is something that had never been done before. He has a PhD from honorary PhD from Oxford for doing so. He has awards from the American and British Literary Associations for doing so. He spoke at John Wesley in England at John Wesley's pulpit in the 1900s, which I'm sure he's one of the first, if not the first black person to do so. So right. um, I take hood Bible study very seriously and it's, it ain't a game and it's ancestral for me. So I, mm. I'm really gr- grateful that my grand- grandfather wrote and he wrote these things down because I have access. This book has names of his mother, his grandmother, things like that. And I'm able to, to reference those things. So I, I'm super, I'm super blessed. And I don't take it lightly. That is some powerful, powerful work. And what a blessing it is that they brought you, you know, to show you who you are and to sort of open up that part of you. Um, it's just mm, a blessing, <laughs> a blessing. So talk a little bit about um, what is her Bible study and what co- what made you want to start? that particular platform on Instagram. So Hood Bible Study is a live stream that we do on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm in L.A. where we discuss different biblical stories and different parts of biblical texts that honestly come off pretty witchy and occult. Um, We go go through what your pastor wasn't talking about, Mm -hmm. but that's in the book. You know, so um, it's it was sparked honestly by by one of one of our followers, Jay Isms, one of the tribe members, Jay Isms on Twitter. Someone had said something about like, uh, what they say, like black people don't need African spirituality, black people need Jesus, and he retweeted and he was like, Jesus was an African witch. <laughs> mm. So. I reposted it and people were like, what you mean? So that's kind of what started hood Bible study. Like, let's get into the necromancy. Let's get into the, right. let's get into it. So um, right. every Wednesday we have these discussions where I literally parse through, we read line by line in different versions, different texts, and really start to uncover and unfold what was really going down. And through those discussions, not only do I feel like a lot of people that went through traumatic church situations they've been they've been able to be healed but we've been able to see the real history and what's going on because throughout the old testament we still in the old testament right now but throughout the old testament africa comes up all over the place you know yeah. just in different names right mm-hmm. um so through 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 that jesus was an african witch concept through 
uh, doing more research in the New Testament also. I tell people all the time in Matthew and in Luke, Jesus calls Africa the greatest place on earth, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, through going through these texts that your pastor wasn't talking about, don't be mad at me. I'm just asking why he wasn't <laughs> telling y'all that ye are God's and right. of the most high when it comes up twice. It comes up in Psalms and it comes up in the New Testament. Why he never went over that. Mm. So that's what her Bible study is really about. Going over ye are gods and children of the most high. You know, going over the sorcery that Moses was doing in, in Egypt. Going over mm. the fact that the, the Pharaoh's Egyptian, Pharaoh's sorcerers were matching Moses' magic spell for spell, but it's only bad when the dark ones do it, right? The, we, that's what we're going through. <laughs> ooh, ooh. They're not ready for this tea now, Nefer. This is tea. Exactly. I mean... I love the I love when people use the language of sorcery being in the Bible because it is there. And it is really not hard to it's interesting because it actually is right in front of our face. But I know growing up, I didn't hear I mean I heard it, but it wasn't referred to as what it Uh is, which is sorcery. Uh Um and I'm so glad that you sort of created this platform to name it that and say what it is mm-hmm. and that, you you know, you're going through line by line, verse by verse, like, hey, what, what's up with this? Like, if somebody is turning this thing apart and water and putting, making bread, I mean, in the fish and feeding people, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not your everyday. We're in Samuel right now. And they're like, get the linen, get the ephod. Every time they're talking about getting the linen, that is divination. When they ask the linen a question, it raises up into the sky. And that's how they know it's a confirmation from the Lord. Like that's, that's, that's in the Torah. It's in the Old Testament. It's clear as day. And I'm not like, no, you know, I feel like the ancestral sco- biblical scholar is coming through, but I didn't, well, I want to say I didn't go to school for this, but I did go to school for this. I went to Christian school for so many years. So these were the things that I was talking about in Bible class. <laughs> I had a teacher in, uh, in eighth grade and we used to have like parent teacher conferences. And the teacher told my, told my mom every day I go home and read the Bible. Cause I know Sherry gonna have a question the next day that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to. So <laughs> that's that's just been I've always done it if I didn't have the hood attack I, right. I did it with my great uncles um you know I had a great I had a cut co- I have a cousin that of course he's gonna be a preacher and a couple years mm-hmm. ago he was going through a preaching competition all my family was in the area and stuff and I was like man I hope he wins and my uncle Ivan rest his soul that's an ancestor my uncle Ivan was like um I don't know how God would feel about that. You know, the meek shall inherit the earth. And I told him first Corinthians four, seven says, if you run a race, you run to win. Mm, Okay. So I've been having these debates with my family. This is, I was like 15 at this point. You know what I mean? I've been doing this and now it's just on a, on the hood, on hood Botanica, on a platform where other people can join in and and talk about it. But it's something that is always been happening. Wow. That's amazing. That is, that is, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think it's so important for us to not leave. You know, I think so, you know, and you've heard me talk personally, you know, I don't identify as Christian. Right. I think a lot of people who listen to the show, either they're coming out of Christianity or also trying to um, include African traditional systems within their understandings of Abrahamic tradition and, mm-hmm. and Christianity. Mm-hmm. But we can't ignore the passages and the information that's coming from the the tradition that influences most of our lives. I mean, especially in the U.S., but also in the world. Like, we can't afford to actually not look at the Bible. We can't afford to actually not study it. Mm -hmm. We can't afford to actually see what the language says because that Bible right there is impacting all of our lives, whether we want it to 
or not. They're using it to run the world. And I tell people all the time, this book was used to enslave our ancestors, to put a spell on our ancestors so they would forget their heritage. What better book to undo Mm -hmm. the spell? Yes, yes. Yes. I mean, we watch all the charmed and all the shows. The the one that you know how that's how you reverse a spell. It's the same. Is you do the, re- the the spell in reverse. That's how you do it. So yeah. for me, um, you know, it's recognizing also like I always say that the the Bible was mistranslated and and taken edited and things all of that. But it came from the walls in Kemet, the ideals. It came from the walls in ba- in Babylon and Sumeria. So I always it's ours anyway. Now, yes, it was right. distorted and, and turned and twisted and all that, but the origins are ours too. So sure. for me, it's, it's not ignoring what was done. Um, it's, about, it's about uncovering what's there and understanding mm-hmm. that they tried to hide it. They tried to take it out and they still left things that, that are plain as day. Yes. To let us yes. know that this is, this, they're talking about us. You know, so that's what I truly right. do. And I, I get why a lot of people don't mess with the Bible. I get it. Some people don't mm-hmm. mess with Bible study and I 100% get it. But mm-hmm. for me, it's it's literally ancestral reverence. My great-grandfather translated the entire, it's literally right. ancestral. I can't leave it alone. Not right. my ancestor right. walk. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for people who leave it alone, I think it's fine to leave it alone, but also yeah. respecting that there's people who gonna, who gonna have to read it and understand it. And it's important for some folks that look like us yeah. <laughs> to understand what's actually going, like the truth behind it. And I also just want to say there's, there's definitely something to say about, um, you know, I like to call it ancestrally reading, but like yeah. not just looking at what the words are, but like actually when you see something, what is your spirit yeah. saying about what's true about that and what's yeah. not? And I think that's a lot of what you do too. It's not just seeing the the words there, but like actually, I'm I'm connecting and tapping into some ancient spirits mm-hmm. right now that are telling me, "Oh no, baby, that's a lie." But this part right here, I need you to look at that this because that's actually some truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Yep. And I feel like that that also a lot of people talk about how do you uh, strengthen your intuition? How do you? That is what creates discernment. Is when you read yeah. the wrong things sometimes, and you and you listen. Yep. Like, Hold on now. You know, I get a lot yep. of people saying like, I don't want to read this by this author, or I don't want to mess with the Bible. I get it, but also it, it does create that discernment. You you feel that gut feeling where it's like, girl, they lying. <laughs> they mm-hmm. lying. That ain't right. <laughs> that was added in a little later. Right. 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 <laughs> Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I do want to transition a little bit. I mean, I think this is part of it too, but like Solomonic magic, because this is something that you talk about a lot that I don't have much information on. um, But I know that this is this is a practice and working with uh, King Solomon is actually something that you charge out of your works uh, with this particular um, individual deity what have you so can you talk a little bit about what Solomon magic is for you and then how you sort of stepped into this practice okay bet so yeah so um just emphasizing the whole you know how I grew up and being raised in the church and all that just in general it's always been King Solomon has always been a king that I that I love you know um just the stories of his wisdom uh the queen of Sheba that type of thing so it's always kind of resonated throughout life and I feel like in general if any any of us look back on our lives we can see little messages that Tune, attune to our spirituality now little things used to do like how they talk about you know you were outside making potions and mud and flowers and now you out here making oils same thing so mm-hmm. but that's that but solomonic magic basically is a magical system that's based in the movement of the planets and mm. solomon states throughout his works that um these planets that we see in our solar system have entities that 
govern the planet. So what we think of as modern astrology, what we think of tarot, all these systems were come from Solomonic magic, um, the origin. Um, so basically in the, in the Bible and in the regular Bible that we have, we know King Solomon was a wise King. There was a dream. He had a dream and God said, whatever you want, you can have. And instead of asking for wit, for, for riches and all that type of stuff, he asked for an understanding heart so that he could rule the people properly. And he was given the understanding heart and all of those things. He was able to talk to birds and all that. Now there are other texts like the key of Solomon, the tech the, and the Testament of Solomon that go more into different stories. Um, and that's where it gets a little bit more occult. And that's why it was taken out of the Bible where <laughs> <laughs> it said that King Solomon was given a, a ring that he was able to command spirits also through this ring and through this wisdom. And that's what Solomonic magic allows you to do is access these spirits so that they can help. And King Solomon goes as far to say is that all of us are assigned one of these spirits as our guardian. And not only were they, were some of them created to help us, but they find great joy in helping us. So, um, Um, yeah, that's it. And then how I got into Solomonic magic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how I got into Solomon, the first introduction was reintroduction. I will say was last March. I actually got a candle from conjured hoodoo on Instagram and I didn't get mm-hmm. a Solomonic candle, but she has a booklet where she goes over different topics and things like that and how to use her candles. And one of them goes over, uh, Solomon, Solomonic magic. So I read that and it just, it just sparked something in me. And from there I was like, I feel like why I feel like I need to make a oil. So after that, Hmm. it was like a, it was like a fervent research and looking into different texts, looking into different histories, looking into the queen of Sheba, which is Empress Makeda, an Ethiopian, uh, queen monarch, um, looking into their union, looking into their story, looking into their love, looking into how it ties into our lineage as melanated people. So in the Kabra and the Gas, which is an Ethiopian holy book, it says, and and you know, it's in the Bible and Kings that King Solomon and Empress Makeda, they 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 wed, they they had a union. Um, and in the Kabra and the Gas and Lords and Ethiopian history tells us that through that union they begat a son. And through that son, mm-hmm. the lineage came, and that's how, you know, we become seeds of Solomon, as I say. So that's how it all connects. I know that's like a lot, but that's how I that's how that was my first reintroduction, is actually getting that candle and then as I mentioned before with Jay, he's into the Solomonic magic. He's into a lot of other occult and um, hidden forms of magic and things like that. So he was pretty integral in giving me guidance on how to do things and how to really how to protect myself properly um, in this system. Cause these are, we talk about like how we talk about who do accesses the ancestors, Solomonic magic uh, accesses spirits that are not on this planet and have never been on. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. the idea. Right. Right. That makes sense. Uh And so how would someone, hmm, my mind is, I'm trying to see where I want to go. So how would someone who might be interested in Solomonic magic or connecting with King Solomon, what would your advice be to someone who would be interested in that? My, where should they start? Yeah, my advice would be to start with start with the Bible. On, uh, I, okay. I know some people don't like that, but start with the Bible because that's one of the first, uh, that's one of the main stories that we know about King Solomon. Um, through Hood Bible Study in the last couple of weeks, we've been setting up the stage for talking more about Solomonic magic through the story of King David and things like that. But looking into King Solomon as a person for me is the ministry that I feel like I've been called the way I've been called to teach or talk about Solomonic Mm -hmm. magic is looking into King Solomon as a person. Um, 
the Testament of Solomon, which is something that was taken out of the Bible that we know, talks about one of the reasons why King Solomon, one of the first things that he did was to bind a demon that was that was harming one of his servants' children that was building the temple. And he was mm-hmm. distraught. He went to the angel and he was like, I need to find a way to save, save this little boy, basically. So through those stories, we get to understand his heart. And I think that's important with Solomonic magic because in a lot of different systems, and I feel like especially we t- we're going to talk about social media, but people are looking mm-hmm. at what they're going to get, what they're going to be able to get, what they're going to be able to get from yeah. any magic system. But with Solomonic magic, there isn't, there isn't, responsibility i feel um when these spirits come to assist they're going to ask you to to step forward and be servants in your community be pe- be for the people um you're going to have to do things for free my spiritual practice mm-hmm. you're going to have to share your light with the world there's going to be responsibilities and tasks that you're going to be given um that are going to help better the world because king solomon was about uplifting his kingdom Right. Mm-hmm. right. So that's why I say give to him as a person to understand when when God asked him, you can have kingdom. I'll give you all the kingdoms. I'll give you all the riches. I'll give you all the wives. He asked for an understanding heart so that he could rule the kingdom properly. So that is mm-hmm. the basis of where I teach it from, because this is it's for me, the people that are called to it are, are it's, it's pure of heart. Right. Mm hmm. People who want to be in service. Mm-hmm. And, in, um, in, in, and then, in, sorry to cut you off, but in the key of Solomon, no, it actually mm-hmm. says there's a part, there's a part where uh, King Solomon is talking to his son on his deathbed. And he states that if, if someone is going to use the magic, misuse the magic, it won't be revealed to them basically. Um, mm. and even if it was, he's basically like, let it be, th- let, let the book rather be thrown in the fire than to be given to someone who's going to misuse it. Because those same entities, even though they want to help humans and they, and, and they take great joy in it, if you misuse the magic, they will come down with the wrath. Mm-hmm. So that's right. That's, I mean, it's a lot I'm spilling, but, um, <laughs> those are the, jobs. you teaching us. I want to give all the disclaimers cause I would be irresponsible to not give certain disclaimers and, and make sure people know that it's not a, it's not a game. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to give this offering and I'm gonna get my job and then we're going to keep it moving. It's, it's a lifelong, um, commitment. Commitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this might be a, a silly question or maybe not, but how does King Solomon to you, how is that relevant to black people? And, and why is it made this potentially an important person to learn about for black folks specifically? Um, well, for King, for me personally, it goes back to the hood Bible study and, and understanding that this, this text is ours. These people were in what we, you know, the map that we know is Africa, those lines that we have now weren't the lines from before. We're exactly. Um, the only exactly. Thing separating Israel from Africa is a man-made body of water. And I don't want to mm-hmm. get too Hebrew Israelite on y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I, no, but that's real. That's the real. borders were, did not exist. It's just simply those borders. Yeah. Yeah. I think they got points. Yeah. They be yelling, but I think they got points. You feel me? So um, right. just, under- <laughs> just uh, understanding that, um, you know, this, this area that we're talking about is African number one. Right. And then number two, mm-hmm. even if you, even if you don't buy into that, right. Through the union of King Solomon and Empress Makeda, which was an Ethiopian monarch, she ruled what we know as Ethiopians, Ethiopia, Sudan. Some scholars believe Yemen, Saudi Arabia, her kingdom was massive. So mm-hmm. um, through their union and through their son birth melanated people, I believe there, I believe 
black people are the are the prophecy that Abraham talked about. You're going to have as many suns as stars in the sky. I truly believe that's us mm. through, the, through the union of Empress Makeda, through that union with the, uh, the Ethiopian monarch. Right. The Queen of Sheba. And, the Queen of Sheba. Yeah. And then also as a side note, I know people be like, Ethiopians, they're not, you know, there's Ethiopian people, um, of course, are Africans, but um, we're dark skinned people, at least mm-hmm. at that time. This is pre-colonization, mm-hmm. um, pre, you know, war, mm-hmm. pre all of that. Like so these folks looked Yes, looked like how quote unquote black people, as you understand today, mm-hmm. now look. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wanted to add that in, just because sometimes we can get confused and and think about, like you were saying, colonize like the ways that folks have created man made lines and borders mm-hmm. and colonies, and you know that has to be a part of uh, this this conversation too, like the historical impacts mm-hmm. of these these lands and these names and places have changed names mm-hmm. and you know all of that mm-hmm. so that's that's i just wanted to uplift that too and i definitely um, always uh, um uplift the queen of sheba aka empress makeda because uh it's 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 through that union and it's also part of black history understanding that there yeah. were black queens that had massive kings mm-hmm. that were talked about in multiple holy texts that that you know king in in, in the bible it talks about Queen Lashiba bringing riches that Jerusalem had never seen, um, right. you know. So understand a part, a big part of that why I uplift her through Solomonic magic is understanding our history and our and our matriarchal lineage. This this queen existed. Okay. You can go on Google Earth right. and see the ruins of her temple. It's it's in Axum. It's there. We can see it. Right. So um, that's another part I did definitely want to uplift. She. I always say she on my head, that's mom. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I definitely want to uplift Empress Makeda and make sure we understand that that is, that is the key to our connection. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yep. And that, I love how you said the thing about Black queens and Black mm-hmm. um, matriarchs and, mm-hmm. and, and monarchs because that existed from East Africa to West Africa mm-hmm. to Central Africa. There mm-hmm. are so many examples of mm-hmm. the ways that we actually had a lot of influence mm-hmm. um, culture. So thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. She reigned by herself, baby. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. They, they always say, and I always make that distinction. They say the queen of Sheba, Empress Makeda. That means she had queens under her ruling. She went to Jerusalem mm-hmm. for six months. What queen, you know, could leave for six months. She had people running <laughs> things up under her. That's an empress. Right. Okay. A possibility model, honestly. That's an empress. <laughs> so definitely. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Um, okay, so um, transitioning a little bit. So we talked about her Bible study. We talked a little bit about the Solomonic magic. Talk to us about um, Tarot Tuesdays because that's another um, you know little teaching that you do on on Instagram Live. So Tarot Tuesdays and Tarot Thursdays is a, a live stream where we basically we've done a couple of different things. In the beginning, I used to pull messages, and honestly, I used it as a lead magnet. I used it as a way to sell my readings, but then I closed mm-hmm. readings because I realized readings ain't my ministry. Um, I'm a lead mm-hmm. people like you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Tarot Tuesday and Tarot Thursday, honestly, is a way to just read for funsies and and mm-hmm. um, not get too deep but still get the messages and and congregate the tribe together so we've done pick a card tuesdays sometimes i just pull messages but as of late we've been doing guest tarot tuesday because with orders and everything i've been i've been kind of swamped so what i've been doing is inviting in guest readers to come in and read for the collective and that way you know they get access to a bigger platform and then also the people that need readings that are asking me for readings they can find someone you know get a little taste and find someone right. that can resonate with them so it's been it's been really impactful and i really like it because 
I'm able to just chat with the tribe. We're able to see how our messages coincide. I love guest tarot Thursday. I'll pull some messages, bring in three people, and we're all seeing the same thing, sometimes the same cards. And just letting us know that even though we're on all a bunch of different places, we're all connected. Our energy is connected. Um so that's basically what it is. I gotta bring it back because I've been I've been ghost for a couple of weeks. But um yeah, that's what basically Tarot Tuesday and Tarot Thursday. Okay. And then um you can remind me if there's another live that you do, but I want to talk about spiritual biz chat. Oh, and what is that inspired you to do spiritual biz chat? So spiritual biz chat is a live stream where we go over discussions for uh, entrepreneurs in the spiritual space and entrepreneurs on their spiritual journey. So people that are trying to be spiritual practitioners or, or are spiritual practitioners. Um, or, you know, if you're just an entrepreneur and you're going through your journey in your spirituality through African spirituality. So, what spark is that? I think people were just asking me different things, like how I grew my Instagram, um, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that. So um, it's one of my many lives. Uh, my dad is a, web, is, is, a, is a web designer. So I've been building websites since I was like 15 years old. And the last, wow. the last actual job that I had, I merged my styling and my and my computer knowledge. And I was working for a fashion company. I was the e-commerce manager. So before that I was doing the same thing. So out here in LA, you get some real money for this tech joint. And, and especially in the fact I was, let me put it like this. I was unique in that I had the tech side of me. I knew how to build websites. And then I also was a fashion stylist. So that's how I would get my money in between these gigs pretty much. Um, so through those things, I learned a lot about social media marketing, um, marketing online, e-commerce and that type of thing. And people were just asking me over and over again, like, what platform do you use online? How do you do this? How do you do that? So I was like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So that's what started, what it started. And we go over not only like actual tech stuff, like growing on social media or building your website or marketing, but then we also go over like different works you can use in your business and, and affirmation business. So, um, you know, people as through entrepreneurship, people always talk about like, oh, it's business. It's not personal. But when you're a spiritual entrepreneur, it is personal. This you all up in my personal. I'm all up in your energy, talking to your ancestors. You all up in my, it's personal. So I think, um, I felt just like the hood Botanica, I felt a need to talk about different topics and doing spells for your business, but also how to grow your social media and spells for growing your social media and stuff like that. Um, you know, it just kind of births. So yeah, on Sundays, yeah. Um, and uh, just for, you know, the listeners, can you give us maybe like three tips that may be questions that come up often in spiritual biz chat or people who are listening who want to build a spiritual business or just, you know, step into entrepreneurship in general? What are like three things that you would say are super important that to think through as they're um, on this journey? Okay, so the first thing people always ask me is how I grow my following and the, how you grow, mm-hmm. how you get more followers. And the first thing I would say is don't worry about followers. Um you know, tap into the people because as a spiritual practitioner, that's what you're doing. So tap into the people. Um, it was through live streaming and getting to know my people. I feel like that's what created the tribe. The fact that I know some of, some of my tribe members by name, some of them, I know they kids by name, you know what I'm saying? Um, so connect, connect with the people. Don't worry about followers. They'll come. And even if it doesn't, you'll find your core. Uh, of people yeah. that will buy over and over and over and over again. If you do, if, if you pure and you putting out good work, let's be clear. Um, right. <laughs> the second thing I would say, um, entrepreneurship in general, 
I would say that mm-hmm. overstand that with a with an online business, you have tapped into a part of the spiritual realm. So a lot of confines that you have at your nine to five or you had at your nine to five, they are loosed now on the internet. Um, So open your mind a little bit about what's possible when it comes to sales, when it comes to, when it comes to following, open your mind because now you can, you can manifest, you can put things, you can put intention on that. Um, And then I would say the third thing I would say, hmm, 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 hmm. It sounds so cliche, G, but be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. Like, it sounds so cliche, but I literally make a full-time living going online, cussing, smoking, talking garbage. That's what I do all day with y'all, bruh. <laughs> all day with y'all. I can't believe it. You do? I can't believe it. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. believe it myself. So that's why I'm saying just do it. Because if you show, show somebody needs your, you, how exactly how you came, somebody needs it. So it's not about, and going back to the first point, it's not about amassing a bunch of people. It's about finding your people and you find your people by being yourself and putting yourself out there. And it's like I said, it sounds cliche, but go live, go live. Yep. The fourth one, that should be the first one. Go live. It doesn't matter which platform, go live, live stream, go live, live stream, go live, mm-hmm. go live. Mm-hmm. True. And what 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 about going live is you think so impactful for building out a business? That's how you get to know your people. Number one, video is is the number one marketing tool now. Everything is going towards video, so that's number one. Number two, going live creates a it, it, it creates a connection that the other the other parts of social media don't exactly create. Um, like I said, you get to talk to people. I get to update. I can update my viewers live about orders, about different things going on. Um, a lot of the content that I produce comes from live streams. A lot of the product mm-hmm. from live streams. One of the people, one of the things people ask me the most about about marketing is like, oh, how do you find what products to sell? Or actually, yesterday on Twitter, someone was like. Uh, you know, people have told me like, I love that you don't sell all day. I do sell all day. It just doesn't look like what everybody else is doing. But because I'm talking to my people, I know what they want. So I don't have to sell my products because I already know that's what you want because I asked you. And like I said, Mm -hmm. a lot of spiritual practitioners I find are talking at their followers, not Mm. with their followers. So that's why you're not connecting the way, the way that you want to with the Pete, with your people. But I talk, I talk with my people. You understand what I'm saying? Like if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you'll see all day cracking jokes, laughing. And through those things, you get to know people, people get to know you and then they start to trust you and they will buy from you over and over and over again. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, that's, Great A, great A advice. Oh, um, and then also, sorry, sorry, the last thing I wanted to say about going oh, live, the last thing I want to say about going live is that understand that this is like Jetson's magic. Like 20 years ago, no one could fathom something like that on everybody's, right. at everybody's access, right? So think about it. These social media platforms have spent millions of dollars. There's a literal whole floor at Instagram of people who all they do is make sure that live streaming is working. So mm. these platforms are not going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you the algorithm favors people that use more and more of the features. So something like live streaming, where it has all these capabilities, all these staff members working to make sure your live is working, use it. And they will start to favor favor your content. So that's the last thing. Wow. 
Ooh, give us the tea, please. Give us the tea. Yeah. Um, mm. And so last thing around this particular topic, um, and also as we're closing out is, you know, we have been able to tap into social media and technology in a way that just our people, our ancestors, even 10 years ago, we couldn't do this. We didn't have the same capabilities mm-hmm. with social media. So it's a really, really powerful tool. I'm, I'm wondering though, what are some of the, because I know there's a lot of conversation, I think from elders and older people who are just kind of like, you can't be doing all this stuff online. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's something to say about face-to-face work. And I think that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there can be drawbacks to things being online. So I guess just sort of how do you find the balance between the two? Like what is too much social media? Is there too much social media? How do you use it in a way that um, makes sense? You know, like there, because a lot can come with it. Sometimes you come in contact with people you don't really want to be in contact with Uh and and it can be messy. Uh So sort of how have you navigated that also as a lot of your work being online? Um, Number one, I mind my business. Um, okay. I, and I don't mean that even like on some dismissive stuff. Like I have an actual yeah. business that I run, so I just mind that. Um, yes. that's like mainly the first thing, but honestly, it goes back to talking with my people. I, I don't go on live with, with, with the exception of spiritual biz chat. I don't go on live and say, this is what you need to know. I ask mm-hmm. questions. So I kind of get out of you know, some of the spilling too much on social media. Cause I'm not teaching. I'm not teaching. Um, I, I mean, I guess, but some people would say I am teaching, but you know, in hood Bible study, I'm going through what's what everybody can see. But when it comes to like yeah. specific works and stuff like that, I tell people all the time, even, even when it comes to the hoodoo stuff, like I I'm surprised that people align me with hoodoo. Cause I very rarely talk about hoodoo. Um, mm-hmm. I don't post no spell, spell memes. Um, no shade to anybody that does. It's just not my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't tell too much. Like the only thing I can say is with Solomonic magic, there's sometimes where it's like, mm, that's not for everybody. Um, and that's yeah. when I refer to do, do further research, but I open every live stream with saying we get into the woo woo, but I'm not your guru. So as, mm-hmm. a, as a quote unquote spiritual practitioner, I already take the stance of like, we're discussing this. I'm not here yeah. to give you any uh, uh, commands or demands. We're, we're having a discussion and we're all putting in our input and, you know, if it don't apply, let it fly, grab, grab what helps you and leave what don't. So I think that right. big part, that attitude is a big part of why I try to, I tend to stay out of a lot of the the issues because I'm not lecturing people. I'm not, you know, I didn't create the platform to be like, hear ye, hear ye. This is what you need to know. <laughs> this is why you can't be a practitioner of Solomonic magic. Like, and I feel like a lot right. of people just do that. They, they, all they do is try to let you know why you can't do what they do. Um, right. Mm. And tea and shade. Um, but yeah, that is just <laughs> not, it's just not, it's just not me. Cause I want to learn and I've always been yeah. like that. And I do feel like that's yeah. straight of a seed of Solomon, that wisdom, that thirst for wisdom. Right. So, um, I, I just want to learn and I just want to talk about some stuff. So I think that's what keeps me out of the dramas. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Mind you, just minding our business and remembering why we're online, mm-hmm. you know, to help people, to help ourselves and to do and to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the sort of the crux of this. So, yeah, I say, I say, I say, oh, so all of that. Um, OK. And so for my last question, before I want you to plug all your things, yeah. um, you know, what 
advice do you have to people who are just wanting to connect to their their spiritual spirituality to their ancestors to I mean whatever that may be for them you know what what do you yeah what are your advices to folks sort of stepping into this journey and just wanting to feel connected yes okay so first I would definitely say be patient like you always say um um I I feel like a lot of people are waiting for the the chariot of Elijah, fiery chariot of Elijah to come down with their ancestors <laughs> saying, hello, my <laughs> child, I have come to assist you. And it just don't really work that way. So be patient, right. like you say, but also I always tell people eliminate distractions. A lot of us are running around filling our time with things that we don't need to be filling our time with. And that's when the ancestors are talking, you know? So put down the phone, turn off the laptop, unplug the Wi-Fi, because as well as those distractions, I do believe these electromagnetic frequencies and these yeah. powers and stuff are kind of hindering our connection. So it's both. Yes, they are. Um, but that would be that would be my advice is eliminating distractions, getting out in nature, being patient with yourself and understanding that you are your ancestors. Um, someone in the live stream yesterday said, how do I know the difference? How do I know the difference between ancestral talking and me answering myself? I said, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Are you not your ancestors? You are them. Right. What's the difference? Right. So under hearing that and understanding that and knowing that it's guidance, whether you feel like it's from your higher self, your ancestors or whatever deity you come from is the first start trusting yourself. Um, I feel like those are all like kind of intangible. So I want to give the tangible, like go sit in nature, eliminate distractions, Mm -hmm. put the phone away, put the laptop away, breathe, you know, um, breathe, breathe. Uh, I'm trying to get some something that's not so generic, but it's it is really that yeah. simple to be honest with you. Uh I spoke about yesterday also fasting has helped me tremendously. You don't all mm-hmm. have to tr- fast from food, you can fast from social media, you can fast from a certain drink, but um I fast with intention on the day of the week I was born, which is Tuesday. So I fast until noon. Um it's a liquid fast and I try to stay off social media. If I am on social media, I try to speak intentionally, but, um, fasting has really, really helped me kind of clear all the clatter. And I feel like the communication is not only consistent, but it's clear. I'm confident in it. So, I mean, it's not for everybody, but I will say fasting is one of like the top actionable things that I can say that has helped me like really like, Oh, I can hear them now, like in my ears. Hmm. Thank you for speaking to that. Um, we don't talk about that a lot on the podcast, and it is a really, really powerful way and an ancient mm-hmm. way, and comes up in many different religions and texts, mm-hmm. like the the importance of fasting. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for saying yeah, that. I even said yesterday um, that that uh, we kind of shun some of the fasting and prayer because it comes from the Abrahamic faith that we're trying to walk away from. But these, like you said, these things are ancient, so don't shun it just because it shows up in this text or whatever the case is, it still has its power and it comes before it, it, it's originated before that. Sure. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, wow. You did that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited. We talked about a lot. We this did. was informative. This was we t- we touched on so many things, you know, more than I can imagine. So thank you so much. I want you to um plug 
all your things that, you know, where can people find you? Where can people get products? Where can, how can we, all of that social media, yeah. give us the stuff. Yeah. So first and foremost, we just dropped our YouTube channel this week. Hey. The tribe been asking, the tribe been asking. So I've been spending the last couple months just researching YouTube SEO and getting into all of that. Um, and I'll be talking about that on spiritual biz chat once I get a, a better grasp on it and stuff like that. Cause everything I learn, I want to, I want to share and like, we gonna win out here. Right. But, um, I just launched a YouTube channel so you can, Go to YouTube and search The Hood Botanica. Get this good search engine optimization up and subscribe. But um, if you go to thehoodbotanica.com, you can find freebies. You can find digital products and courses. And then in 2020, I am only opening up the shop for physical updates two times a month, child, because girl. Yes. So it's easier to follow our Instagram and our Twitter at The Hood Botanica to get updates and things like that. And then hop into our live streams Thursday, Tuesday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's the best way to reach us. I don't I don't take DMs. And I'm going to say that because they give me anxiety. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Mm-hmm. And then some of y'all spirits started popping up. That's what that's what really cut it off, because I used to say no DMs, but I would still answer them. But then yeah. some of y'all ancestors started popping up in the chat like like I three way them in and no. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm going to leave that to so Juju. No D- I'm going to leave that to Juju. Ooh, yeah. Don't leave it. Don't leave the DMs to me. Cause- <laughs> the best, no, the best way to interact with me is in the live stream because that's live and in, okay. live and in color. And the thing is, yeah. is that um, I tell people all the time, someone might have a que- the same question you do, but are scared to ask it. So it's better to ask it on a, on a, on a, on the platform in, in a public space. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to plug your Twitter? Oh, yes. Twitter and Instagram at The Hood Botanica. We cut up on Twitter. And let me let you know, we on Twitter for the jokes, okay? We do, yes. we do serve a lot of energy and we do put out things. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, I feel like the the celestials or that's the spirits of the other planets that I call. I call them the celestials. They mm-hmm. want th- more things to be shared. So that's why that's been coming out on Twitter and stuff like that. But for the most part, we there for the jokes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the same. I say the same thing. This is where we cut up. Twitter is <laughs> where we cut up. Okay, I'll I'll go on Instagram and tell you all about your ancestral altar girl and how you can connect. I've been, you know, I've had lives where I burst out crying and all that type of stuff. Cool, but yeah. I'm we cutting up. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Well, thank you so 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 much, Nefer. This was so good, entertaining, fun. Thank I love talking you. to you. I love listening to you speak. Thank um, you. so just again, thank you for for taking time out of your schedule to be on the show, and I'm gonna see you in the in these streets, in these streets, in the DMs on the on the timeline. <laughs> On the timeline, period. Okay, so so again, and uh, and I hope I really hope y'all enjoyed the interview today. Um, If you would like to reach out to her, all of her information will be in the show notes, so you'll be able to see her Instagram and her website all there, and of course, anything that was referenced throughout the interview or just throughout this. Um, episode today that will all be in the show notes if you want to become a patron on patreon um, Nefra has a patreon as well all of that will be linked and um, yeah I hope you all enjoyed I'm sending you peace and blessings if you want to reach out to me you can hit me up on my website at itsjujube.com I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E there you can book a reading I'm going to open my bookings up in February so you can book you can book Reiki um, and you can 
donate to my book list. You can hit me up on um, Instagram at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. It's Jujube or at a little Juju podcast is my, is the uh, podcast Instagram page. You can hit me up on Twitter, of course, at it's Jujube, but please know Twitter is where I cut up, honey. I'm talking about everything on there. So it's not just spiritual stuff. It's a little bit of everything. <laughs> so if you're down for that, you can follow me on Twitter. And um, I think that is it. Sending you joy, peace, abundance, blessings if you're sending the same thing to me. And uh, let's let's do this thing. Uh, keep up with me, y'all, because I'm going to be posting in L.A. getting my whole ass life. So if you're trying to get your life with me, follow me on Instagram. Because <laughs> I'm going to be serving these red carpet looks. All right, y'all. Peace. Love you. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later.